Welcome to the Do Shit Podcast, where we unlock the secrets to success in your business by using strategic action. It's time for another lesson and actionable assignment, so get ready to get more shit done with your hosts, Natalie Jean Miller and Amanda Mock. everybody, it's Natalie Jean and Amanda Mock, and we're here today on the Do Shit Podcast to talk to you guys about something a little bit fun. I actually enjoy doing this part of uh, creating a business, which is all about competitive research, finding out what your competitors are doing. And I think some people out there might think you're sick in the head for that. Um, I think it's because I'm an eavesdropper and I like to get all into people's stuff. Yeah. I'm a nosy person. <laughs> I will take Full fault on that one. No, but I think if you really get into your business and you fall in love with it, competitive research, like looking at whoever it is that is in your space serving people similar as you are, it actually is really interesting and fun to dig in. Yeah. And I think that sometimes knowing what your competitors are good at and not good at is really great um, to compliment you. And we'll get more into that. Yeah. So I hope you guys are having a great week so far. I mean, it's middle of February and we're kind of just hanging out and we're glad that you guys are sticking with us. You know first what's going to happen? Do you know what's coming up? Valentine's Day? No, no that just passed. No, my birthday. Oh, that's right. I have Facebook <laughs> remind me of things like that. I don't think. Thanks for the happy birthday, b-hole. <laughs> b-hole, wow. That, I guess, is that less than being an a-hole? I don't know. Not really sure. What is it like Bendejo? Like in some dialects? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Bendejo in some dialects like means the hair around the asshole. Let's not. Let's move along. Okay. I know that this is an explicitly, you know, (laughs) for adults only show. But it's fun. Anyway, go ahead. Yay, competitors. Let's not curious about those guys no but like competitive research can be a lot of fun because it's like it's not just super spying it's it's getting more into your customers heads and seeing what you can do to service them better and if you right and what they're looking for with a basis of stuff that's already out there in the marketplace selling at least you think right um obviously everybody's not that transparent but you never know you never know and sometimes you can pretty much figure out what's happening once you get really skilled at it Oh, for sure. And it does take practice. It's something that you kind of always have to constantly watch. It does. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think especially newbie business owners, I think they kind of skip out at. Oh, completely. You know, like either they think that um, and this is why it matters so much. And they either feel that. It doesn't apply to them because they service their clients differently. So therefore, they're special, unique snowflakes, which that's such bull. So then let's talk about, since you kind of touched on this, let's talk about indirect and direct, because I think that that distinction is going to help people out there who are like, oh, I don't have any competition. (laughs) Actually, you do. You do. Everyone has come. And if you really, if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, no, really, my business is so special. I don't have competition. It's highly, highly likely. I'll never say never, but it's highly, highly, highly likely that it's a fucking terrible business idea. I will actually go the full bore and say never because your competition (laughs) is actually taking no action at all because they can either not buy your product or buy it. So by not, you know, buying it or not taking your services, that's your competition. Right. Period. So no, it's a never. It's a never. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) But direct versus indirect. I mean, that's a pretty clear and easy definition, but so many people don't 
take that take them take them into consideration right so they always think of direct they don't think of other ways indirect. around it yeah and your direct when, when we're mentioning direct and indirect direct competitors are people who service your same clients in the same way that you do right so if you offer software for instance mm -hmm. and you have a competitor out there who sells the same kind of a program Right. They might be totally different programs. They do the same thing, well, but in different ways. Let's use physical fitness. I think that would be an easier one. Okay. Yeah, that works too. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's say, let's say you're a trainer, right? And you focus on CrossFit training, right? Okay. And people are going there to lose weight and they're doing the CrossFit, but then there's another trainer out there that focuses on cardio and marathon training or Zumba or any of those or other Zumba things. or any of those other things. Those are all your direct competition because they're serving the same people, the ones that want to lose weight in the same way by making them physically active your indirect competition would be somebody who's serving the same audience and giving them the same solution but providing it in a different way and this could be something like a slim fast or yeah so maybe instead of physical fitness they're focusing on nutrition right or maybe they're trying to you know get people to get the surgery the, the different types of weight loss surgery that exist or plastic surgery or whatever instead of like working it off like that's indirect competition and that can apply to a couple different to, to a bunch of different fields. Oh, completely. Right? <laughs> and a case in point, those people are also direct and indirect competition to each other. They are. They are completely. So a plastic surgeon has to worry about the, you know, personal trainer across the street. Mm -hmm. But at the bottom line, no matter how they're servicing that audience. And I think this is where people get tripped up. It doesn't matter how you're servicing an audience. Like if they're servicing an audience to get them the same result you are, they are your competition. It's just figuring out what slot they fit into. Right. If you're, phys if you're a, a fitness trainer and you're trying to get people to lose weight, then you're going up against dietitians. Exactly. If you're a copywriter like you are, Natalie, mm -hmm. and you're going up against outsourced companies, you know, Filipino-based VAs that just generate content and pop it out, you're up against that, even though you're a different price point and all that. It's... It's still competition. Oh, completely. <laughs> and I mean, in my company, my VA company that's American-based, they're my same competition, but for a different way. Different right. Reason. And that's direct versus indirect. Yes. Right. So, yeah, they both matter. And yeah, you do need to know what they have going on. Because guess what? If you don't convince them that they need to work with you, they're going to go to one of those other competitors, even if they're not certain even if they're not doing it the exact same way you are. Okay, so that moves us into what? Our, our next kind of point of thing is getting down to, you know, kind of figuring out... What, what, what are you looking for in your research? Yeah, thank yeah. you. you yeah. <laughs> what are you comparing and contrasting? What are you looking for in terms of the gaps for your business, right? Yeah, because I think if you find the gaps and there's a great book on this that both of us have read, which is called The Blue Ocean Strategy. I'll link it below in the show notes and on the website and you guys can come on down and check it out. I know we both highly recommend it mm -hmm. because we recommended each other to read it. <laughs> and when you spot the gaps is when you can kind of find a way to make you stand out. Make you stand out. Make which is why these hand, this concept goes hand in hand. Right. But when you're researching your competitors, you're not really just researching your pro their products or what they're charging. You really want to look at everything that's happening. You want to see uh, what colors are they using on their website? How they market. How are they? Yeah. How are they marketing? Are they primarily on Facebook or are they primarily on YouTube? Are they primarily uh, doing webinars or are they always 
marketing and advertising in the real world and live events using billboards? Like, what are how are they reaching out to their audience? And should you be doing that because they're doing it too? The first answer, my my initial answer to that is if you have no idea what you're doing, then yes. Right. Because <laughs> there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. And then you can improve it as you go. Or, or change it as well. Or change it. Or is there an avenue that they're advertising on that they're not really grabbing the marketplace? And you can have full reign. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe they have a Twitter account, but they're not really responding to people on it. Which is great. Another little thing that I love to do since I'm always running around on Twitter is to read either that company's the at hashtag or the at, you know, whatever yeah, the their at company thing, whoever it is, you're and then it possibly use their name as a hashtag <laughs> and see what comes up and just search it. On well, Twitter. and there have been like, you could spend hours looking at hilarious responses. Like, I don't even remember what this one is. So I'm, I'm terrible for bringing it up because I'm going to be using brand. Well, maybe names. I can try and find it. I was one that was like a, Verizon or something like that mobile or T-Mobile or something was having an issue and someone had tweeted at it and they were complaining. And I remember very specifically it was Virgin mobile responded was like, Oh, too bad. You should have used our service. Oh, there's a lot of them that have done that. (laughs) Um, there was a really, really good one where I don't even remember which basketball player it was off the top of my head. And everybody was tweeting Gatorade Mm -hmm. and Gatorade's like, yeah, we don't sponsor this dude. He's a Powerade sponsor, but good try. (laughs) And they, everybody kept tweeting Gatorade like, Oh dude, your guy's like totally crapping out in this game. And they're Mm -hmm. like, not our guy. Thanks. Right. But that's also because Gatorade has such a memorable name. Right. Everybody is. Just, I mean, it's like Xerox. Like, like you when just, you go to a copier, yeah. you think of it as Xerox machine. Whether or not Xerox it. actually made the machine, you're, you're oh, going to no. go Xerox it. Right. It's or you're going to go use a Kleenex. Right. Going to go grab a Coke. But that's spotting gaps in what's happening right. with your competitors. But on the flip side of that, too, your competitors aren't always your competitors, right? Correct. So if you're researching them and you're looking into them... <laughs> Natalie gave me crazy eyes. <laughs> Always. If you're researching them and you're looking into them and you're spotting these gaps, you don't always need to necessarily work head to head with them, right? No, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. correct. You can always complement what your competition is already doing out there. Like Virtual Little Helper, my company, you know, we're we're an American-based company, and there's plenty of people who just run as themselves just by themselves doing what right. we do or just in small teams doing what we do. And you know what? I refer out to people like that all the freaking time. Yeah, especially if, they, if they're good at what they do. Well, yeah, well, they would have to naturally be good at what they do. But what I mean is if we're a team environment and we have a project manager and we have a heavy schedule, like a heavy system in how we do things, and that only works with a very specific type of business owner, and somebody wants to feel like they got Mary Sue in their back corner and Mary Sue's their stay at home mom and they don't they want that small, small town, small business feel, they're not gonna get it from us. Right. Right? So if we can identify that and find competition to partner with that we could refer that out to, then when they need somebody that offers what we have, guess who they're going to refer out to? Exactly. <laughs> Which is why another reason why competitive research is so, so very important. Yeah, it it is like a little thing in your back pocket that you can whip out when you either need a quick referral or when you want to know what's going on in the marketplace. Right. And let's let's wrap that into what we'd like people to do this particular uh this week. Yeah, right? let's jump into this it. Motivational Monday. Woo woo. And happy Monday. Really the the first two things you could do if you haven't already 
Research your competition. Well, research your competition for sure. Like right now. But find two main competitors that you could actually do business with. And that sounds ridiculous, but it's easier than you think. And we don't mean do business as in you hire them or try to acquire them. It's more or less like if you have a customer who comes and they're like, uh, you're too high or mm, I don't really like your style or whatever they may say to you. Right. You can be like, well, I have you know, great relationships with company A and company Z. Here are their numbers. Here are their contact information. Check them out. Yeah, check them out and go look at them. So you're going to want to look for two competitors. One competitor who's priced below is not like maybe quite as service-based or as good as what your company offers. And if there's nobody that's below your company, you got some issues. Oh, of course. (laughs) That's just my personal. We'll save that for another show. We'll save that for another show. And then... And then you want to find somebody that's maybe a step further down the line or is serving people on a larger scale than you are. And there will always be companies bigger than you. Right. Oh, completely. Unless you're like Virgin or Google. But we're, we're excluding. Well, those I, I highly doubt that they'll be listening to this <laughs> podcast. What if they, if they are? are? Why do you have to exclude By all means, them? like, you know, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever. <laughs> hey, Google, can I come to your campus? Dude, that would be awesome. I know, right? But find somebody who's like a step above yours that maybe will service clients. I, w- I, I would err on the side of caution of saying better, just like your lower ones wouldn't be serving them worse. But let's talk about what we, what we would look for. Okay. So I know in, in both of my businesses, so my VA business, Virtual Little Helper, I know that our, we have two kinds of ones that are less built out, businesses that are less built out than we are. Single VAs that are within the U.S., and then overseas VAs for people who want to go super cheap, right? And the reason why those are really good referrals is, one, we're working with people who, working with a project manager is overwhelming them, and it's just not making sense, and they're too, they're too in control of their own business that they get in their way in team building. And that is just some people, right? So we'll refer them out to somebody who's just working completely on their own, and we're like, look, They're not affiliated with us. It's their own business. But going to this person, I think, will end up fulfilling your needs better. And then the other kind is overseas. Like, hey, you know, you said we're too expensive and that's fine. We're a higher end business. Like we we work really hard to get the results. But if you're looking for a budget, go here. Right. Right. And then the same thing for higher end. And for us, this divvies out like I'll make a call back to revenue streams. Uh, We were talking about revenue streams the first week in February, just a couple weeks ago, business models. When you're building out your revenue streams, you start to create different types of ways that you're servicing your clients, right? And and this will be in the show notes if you want to go to that episode. But we, we have different kinds of clients. Some of them we handle their customer service and some of them we're helping solopreneur designers look like they're a digital agency. Right. And we just implement the programming. Well, we might have full blown agencies that we end up referring people to because we're not capable of meeting their end to end high end digital agency needs. And we might have answering services for people who don't want someone as hands on and as available as we are that are more systematized that would end up filling their needs better. So when I'm talking about competitors, I'm talking about those kinds of competitors and and referrals, like in the context of my company. What would be some good competition for, say, a business like yours? Okay, so for me, it's kind of, there's a couple different ways that you can go about it. On the copywriting end, if they want to really do it themselves, they don't want to have anybody 
kind of in between them and their site or in between them and their customers. I have a couple of places where I can send them, Hey, you can do this crash course. You can learn to be what I do just for your business without having to tailor it for somebody else. And it's a crash course. It's, you know, X amount of days or weeks or whatever. And you can take this course and see if it works for you. So that's option A. Mm -hmm. So that would be, it's direct competition using our definition right. because they do the same thing I do, but a different, they service it in a different way. Right. So it's a little bit of both. And then of course I have other people who are, you know, larger firms that are direct competition that are bigger, better and nastier than I am. Obviously I'm right in the middle because you can go super low end, take a course, figure it out in a weekend or a couple weeks and be done with it. Right. Or you can hire out like a huge firm to do all the bells and whistles for you. Right. Because you could service uh, an entrepreneur who's making six, seven figures and running their online funnel, but you're not going to service Google. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have that kind of manpower. <laughs> Maybe one day. If you even wanted to get that big and that's the direction oh, it goes, be right? would crazy pants. I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> but that goes to looking at your competitors, seeing where you where you lack and owning your space, right? And knowing how you can refer that out to your benefit because you've done a couple things. If you can do your competitive research, know how you stand out, make that matter, and even have two competitors to refer out to, you've now done something very, very valuable that most people don't, and you've just made yourself a resource. Right, and it'll come back. It may not come back right away. You might not see it for six months or a year or two years, but eventually one day they're going to have a customer that's going to go... Ah, oh, big competitor person, you're really expensive. And they're like, well, actually, you can go talk to Amanda over here. She's a lot cheaper, but she's U.S. based. You might <laughs> like her. And they go, OK. Right. And then they come on over. Yeah, exactly. So what we want you guys to do is go out there and spend a little time digging into who your competition is. If you don't know where to go and look, start with Facebook. I was going to say Facebook or Google. Facebook or the Google. And just start typing your industry. If you're a ghostwriter, write ghostwriter. If you're a content curator, like Natalie, type that in. If you're a virtual assistant, type that in. Like whatever it is that you're doing, start with the high-end searches, right? Then whittle that down. Like see what's happening on social media. See what, what their social media profiles say and what their clients are saying about them. And then hop over to Twitter and do the same thing. Yeah, hop on over to Twitter and do the exact same thing. But get really down and dirty and you can be really formulaic about it. And for the for the point of this podcast, for the point of all of our podcasts is to get you out there and doing shit. Right. So I don't want anybody who's listening to this. If you're using this as a jumping point to leverage and improve your business and you're looking for a referral point like we've talked about, which is what makes competitive research so very, very important. I don't want you to get too caught up in the data. Now, right. The data is important. And you want to document, you want to keep that stuff for later use when you're looking at other things, right? Or building out a new product, a new funnel, whatever. Right. Because you're going to reference those competitors when you're working on anything and everything in your business because you need to stand out. Like you got, you're, you're going to want to make sure you have a look and feel that makes you different and better. You're going to want to make sure that you have a different voice than they do, but that's still talking to the audience. Which that's it for today's podcast, which is a little shorter than our other ones. But really, this is one where you just need to go out there and do it. Yeah. Until next time, we'll see you later. Um, make sure that you hit us up either on Twitter, Facebook, on the website. Definitely check out the show notes for a couple yeah, of resources we'll have. Do shitpodcast.com or you can hit me up at I am Amanda RM. And I'm at Nat Jean Miller on Twitter. 
And next and week, we're going to be talking about customer research. And that's kind of taking competitive research, but digging a little bit deeper. On the customer end. On the customer end. And this one's a little bit short because you can get down a rabbit hole, right? And we didn't want to combine those ideas because it would be like an hour, like a two-hour long podcast. Oh, we could talk for days. Right. So for the sake of using a result, just look at how your customers are interacting with your competitors. And we'll be talking about how to turn customer research from that into something a little bit more viable next week. Yep. So we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Do Shit Podcast. Now it's time to take action. Natalie and Amanda have put together an exclusive Facebook group to help you grow your business even faster and get more shit done. Ready to join? Head to the website at doshitpodcast.com and sign up. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.